Let's pray. Father, we take this time in this day to, to stop and reflect on You. We thank You that You first loved us, that You sent Your Son to die for us, that You chose us and You drew us to Yourself, that we can be united through Your Spirit. And Lord, as we live on this earth, we, we have many issues, we have many concerns, and we want to lift to You the prayer requests that have been lifted today. Lord, there is a, a great concern for the lost. And we know that it is You who draw them, it is You who save them, it is You who sanctify them. It is You who will glorify them. And so, we rest in Your marvelous grace. We do lift to You those who have been sick and ask You, Father, to just uh, give them a touching hand, to allow them to have patience during this time. We, we pray for the families as they struggle along beside watching uh, their loved ones work through this. We do lift to you our senior adults. As it was said, there are many today who would be in nursing homes and with the COVID-19, there's great restrictions on them because of their vulnerability. But Lord, we thank you that you love them and we pray for them. We thank you for their needs being met and we look so forward to the day that we can see them face to face. We live to you the church. It is your church. We belong to you. And we ask you, Father, to open our hearts to the marvelous grace that has saved us and allow us to be able to share it with them, to share it with others. Lord, to even share it with our enemies. You have said, love your enemies. And Lord, apart from Your Spirit indwelling us, changing us, converting us, moving us, we cannot do that. And so Lord, we pray for the church family. Uh, it is a a different time in history, the great thing is, is you haven't changed. And so today, we want to worship you through our spirits. We want to worship you through truth, which is your word. And we want to just exalt the name of Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Good morning. Let's try that again. Good morning. Amen. Today I, I want to share with you from God's Word, and the title of my sermon today is, Am I Distracted? And I want you to be thinking about this as we work through the Scriptures, as we look at the illustrations, and, uh, and really just kind of figure out where we, where we stand, where we are. Last week, uh, I shared with you, uh, it was Father's Day, and we looked at the greatest Father that there ever was, our Heavenly Father. 
I shared with you that he, he created us in his image. I shared with you that he graciously wants to give us all things. I asked you, I, if you remember, I asked you, I said, are there any whomsoever's in here? Oh, for those of you who didn't make it last week, are, you, are there any whomsoever's in here? See, you know, some remember, some get it. John 3.16 says, God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whomsoever would believe in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. And so if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you are a whomsoever. Sometimes that's the person that the world thinks is a nobody that God says is everybody. Beautiful song. We read in Ephesians that it was our Heavenly Father who chose us. We read in, in John 15, 16, it said that you did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you that you should bear fruit and that the fruit should abide and that whatever you ask in the Father's name, he will give it to you. These things I've commanded you so that you will love one another. Uh, one of the greatest gifts that God has given us when he gave us his Holy Spirit that seals us until he comes and takes us home is that we have received the spirit of love. You have not received the spirit of fear. You have not received the spirit of hate. You have not received the spirit of jealousy. You have received the spirit of love because that's who God is. God so loved the world that was going to crucify his son and, and actually hated him. Do you know why things aren't changing much? I, uh, I try to avoid news as much as I can, but I also am interested, kind of drawn to what's really going on. I seen a man carrying a sign. The sign said this. If Jesus shows up, we'll just kill him again. Now, right, right, you, you and I, we got, I'm thinking, this man's an idiot. He doesn't know who he's talking about. He doesn't know the story of Ananias and Sapphira where the breath of life was just snuffed out of them and they died in their place. I shared with you last week that he's called us to follow him. In Mark 8, 31 and 34 says this, And he called the crowd to his disciples and said, If anyone comes after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. We, we have been called to follow Jesus. And I'm asking you this question today, what is distracting you from doing that? I shared with you last week about the black dog and white dog, the, the illustration that Billy Graham gave that they would fight and one would win one week, one would win another, and the Eskimo who owned the dogs was betting on them and he was always betting in a cor correct dog and they asked him, how did you know? And he said, well, one I feed and one I starve and the one I feed will always be dominant and the one I starve will always lose out. And I shared with you that that is us with our new and old nature. We have a new nature in Christ, and if we feed that nature, it's dominantly strong in our life, but we also have an old nature in us that if it's fed, it will be the dominant spirit in our life. And so today I wanted to share with you, am I distracted Are you distracted? Now, when it comes to a biblical sense, let, let me kind of give you a definition that I'm shooting for to help you to see. The definition when it comes to the spiritual part of our lives, am I distracted, is when I take something of greater value and take in something with less value in its place. I'm going to share a couple illustration stories with you out of the Bible to help you to see that, to help you make a determination in your life. Am I distracted? Now listen, I can already tell most of you are distracted in some way. I'm not the judge. I'm talking to me, all right? I hope you understand when a, when a preacher's preaching, he's preached to himself first. 
I've dealt with this all week. Am I distracted? I get distracted. I get distracted easily sometimes. But you know what I find out? It's usually because of which nature I've been feeding. Remember I shared with you last week that the Word of God says that man won't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded from the mouth of God. And what he's saying is, is that you need the Word of God. If, if God is going to expose himself to you, he's only going to expose yourself to you through his Word. Now you can see it in the likeness of his people, but it's his Word where he's going to speak to you. And he speaks to me. So our most dangerous problem and distraction is just being distracted from God. Our tendency is to shift our attention from the greatest object, which is our Heavenly Father, who has given you and I His Son to be our Savior, and He has given us the gift of the Holy Spirit to live inside of us, to secure our inheritance, to lead us and guide us, so, so why is it so easy for us to be distracted? We're human. We have an old nature. So if you have your Bibles, if you turn to the book of Luke, Luke chapter 10, we're going to look at verses 41 and 42. It's a very familiar story to you. Luke chapter 10, verses 41 and 42. Now the verses prior to this tell us that Jesus had went into the village and was at Martha and Mary and Lazarus' house and, uh, and he was going to eat dinner with them. And, uh, and, and, and it says that Martha was distracted. In verse 40 it says, But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to the Lord and he says, Do you not care that my sister left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. Now verses 41 and 42. But the Lord answered, Martha, Martha. You are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. Now, I want you to, to catch this scenario of this story. Jesus is in the house. they got two sisters and a, bro and a brother, and, and there's friends in the house. There's many people in the house. Martha is not doing something that's sinful, She's doing something that many of you are talented at in service. But now listen, service can get in the way of you being distracted about the main thing. Let me repeat that. Service can get in the way of us really dealing with the main thing. Martha was busy. And listen, Martha felt overwhelmed. And Martha felt that, that Mary should be helping. But did you catch what Jesus said? Martha, Martha, you're, you're really anxious. And, and as I, I thought about this story, had Martha not heard about Jesus feeding the 5,000? which was probably 15,000. We time you had women and kids, it said 5,000 men. Had Martha missed that part of the story? You know that Jesus didn't need Martha to cook anything? But she took it upon herself because this was what she does. She's a servant. And listen, it's not bad being a servant, but don't let being a servant take you away from the presence of God. Jesus is in the house. I'm going to tell you what. Jesus is in the house. And it's not because wherever two or more are gathered in my name. 
It's because he's everywhere present and cannot be removed. He lives in the hearts of his people, and so therefore I know that he's in the house because you're in the house. And he can speak to you. And today, you have to ask yourselves, in this world, what is distracting me from the better thing? The better thing being God. What's distracting you? What's, what's gotten in the way? It doesn't have to be sin. It can be sin, but it doesn't have to be sin. Are we busy? Listen, this is, this is the craziest, busiest world we're living in today. We, we live in that, we talk about it, we live in a microwave society where we want everything now. That's why many people eat food through drive throughs They don't have to go home and turn up the burner, get the hamburger out of the refrigerator, make the patties, put it on, put salt, pepper, whatever it is you put on the hamburger. They don't have to toast the buns. Oh, I forgot the french fries. No, you can go through the drive through and just a few minutes have all that just handed to you. Even warm. And really not tasting too bad. We live in a society where we are busy, moving. Many of you... Um, in the 80s, that's a few years ago, I was, I was uh, just ordained as a deacon, and one of the things that we did at our church was we had deacons had families in the church that were given to them, and it was my responsibility to check on you and see how you're doing. It was my responsibility just to try to stay up with anything that you needed. And I went to this one lady, and this is in the 80s, and I said, is there a time I can come out to your house and visit with you and your husband and your daughters? She goes, well, wait a minute. She gets in her purse. She pulls out her calendar. In the 80s. And she's looking, and she turns a page. And she's looking, she turns a page. She goes, well, we're pretty busy for the next two months. I go, two months? I don't have things planned out two days. But listen, we, we are a generation of being busy. And so, busyness isn't bad, but if busyness distracts you from the one whom you love and whom loves you, then it can be a problem. Did you come to church today because it's tradition? Did you come to church today because you want to see the people? You want to see his people, your friends? Not a bad reason to come. But the main reason to come today is to meet with Jesus. To meet with his Father. To be fed from his word and to surrender to it. And I'm asking you, are you distracted? Did you come to church today with the intentions of worshiping? Great songs. Prayer. You've already got to meet and talk a little bit. But are you distracted? Martha had Jesus in the room. And she missed it. Ephesians 5.20 says this. Giving thanks in all things. And in Romans 8.28, it says, because all things work together for the good. Are you able today to give thanks to God for all things? Can you thank God for COVID-19? If you take his word and you understand his authority and his power, COVID-19 is just underneath the power of God. He, God can do with it whatever he wants. He's in control. Give me thanks for all things. Because in all things, it's good. You see, it depends on your nature whether you look at things from a heavenly expect or expectations where it's positive or you look at it from a human standpoint where it's negative. 
Ephesians 4, 8, and 9, and 10 tells you. He talked to you about the negative draw of negative things. And he tells you, think on the positive, think on the good. Listen, if you, if you watch the news, man, you can just get frustrated. But if you read this book, you can be encouraged because we know that Jesus is in control. You see, distractions come from all forms and from all directions with the result of the same each time. It distracts us and it takes us off course. It either prevents us from experiencing something God has for us or it puts us in a wrong position to miss what God has for us. Getting back on track is really not that hard. We've got to come back to Him. We've got to come back to His Word. We gotta come back to his people. We gotta come back to service. We gotta look at lost people with who they are. Are they mean and ugly sometimes? Are they beautiful and gracious sometimes? Listen, lost are lost. And they're gonna meet Jesus one day. You and I have the cure. And the cure is the saving grace of Jesus Christ. But what happens is we get distracted and we quit doing that. We look at their neighbors that are ugly and mean and maybe some are beautiful and nice, but they're lost and we miss the opportunity that what we really need to do is somehow let them see Jesus through me. Whether it's through my actions, through my voice, just being nice to them, thanking them, asking if they need help. But do you know what kind of generation we live in? There are a lot of people of you, possibly in this room today, who don't even know your neighbors next to you. And the reality is, for some of us, we don't want to know. And listen, I, I, I'm talking to the preacher. When I moved out there where I moved, I moved out in the country to be away from people kind of the odd thing of what Jesus wanted us to do. <laughs> but I had a neighbor who was a partier. And every weekend, every Sunday morning, Monday morning, I'd have beer cans, beer bottles in my yard. And it just frustrated me. And for a while, I'd take him and I'd just pitch him back in his yard. But then I realized, am I really showing them the love of Jesus? Can I not just pick them up, throw them away, and understand that they're lost? That's why they're acting the way they're acting, all right? I'm acting the way I'm acting because I've met Jesus, and he's changed me, all right? Don't let my old nature come back and be rebellious. But let the new nature that lives inside of me be gracious and see that they have a need. I make it an absolute point to meet my neighbors, serve my neighbors, treat my neighbors nicely. I only have one that I know of that is a believer. One family across the street is a believer. The neighbor across from me died in December. He had cancer. They gave him two months to live when he found out. Now, my neighbor was lost, but he grew up in a church down in, in the south. But I was able because I had befriended him when he was drinking, uh, when he was drunk. I didn't tell him to go home and leave me alone. I would just talk with him. I would just be nice. He would just be rambling. You know how drunk people get when they're rambling? And, and they also say sometimes that, that only a drunk can stand a drunk. But listen, a believer who's filled with the Holy Spirit of God can stand a drunk because you have a bigger need that one day you want to meet the need to this person and tell them about Jesus. Listen, Roy a month and a half before he died, accepted the Lord in his garage. You see, you can't treat your neighbors bad and then expect them to listen to you when you want to share the gospel to them. you got to stay close. you got to stay close to God 
And you've got to understand that there's distractions out here. Listen, I can, you can let your neighbor distract you. Why do we have to do that? We, our time is short. Making the best of our time. I want to share another distraction from you. In King David's story, that you can read it in 2 Samuel 11, and I'm not going to read the story, but we sometimes focus on the, the sin that David did. But now listen, I want you to catch something. Because before the sin ever happened that is well known for, God says, this is a man after my own heart. This is a man who loves me. And what really happened was David got distracted and he wasn't where he was supposed to be when he was where he was where he saw Bathsheba. The sin happened before he saw Bathsheba. You see, he was distracted before that. And so, so what I want to get you to see is that we're all capable of being distracted. And that's why it's so important to stay close to him in the beginning because you don't want to get someplace where you really shouldn't be. Where Satan can really distract you. Remember? David. King David. The one that slew the giant and killed the bears. A man after God's own heart. And I wonder, you ever wonder why God puts those kind of stories in the Bible? I think it's absolutely beautiful how he doesn't eliminate the ugly in life. We all live in that life. And sometimes it gets ugly. Sometimes it gets dirty. But that's not where God wants you to stay. That's what Satan wants to use to distract you. Had a wise... Deacon one time tell me, he said, uh, if you want to reverse your thinking about someone you're thinking bad about, he said, pray for them. He goes, because it's really hard to pray for them and think bad about them. Work for me. Realizing they they are acting the way they're acting because they're lost. So right now, I want you to think about you. Are you distracted because of our government? Are you distracted because of the United States? Are you distracted because of what's going on in the world? Has COVID-19 distracted you? Is, is family distracting you? Is, is, we heard the testimony from John about his job. He needs a job. We all need a job. He's been out of work. Now listen, if, if John allows it, that out-of-workness will distract him from a greater thing. It's, and listen, I'm not saying it's a sinful thing. It, you, we want to work. But what I'm saying is, it can just distract us. Has your health distracted you? Listen, I think this is the truest thing with, with anything that I've ever experienced. When I am experiencing something physically going wrong in my body, it is very difficult for me to stay close to God. It just happens. You have a knee replacement, you have a hip replacement, you have your shoulder torn up, you hurt yourself. Listen, it, you, 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 I, when I went to have my knee replaced, I knew what I was going to do. I took, all, I took a stack of books with me to the hospital. I'm going to read these books, keep myself occupied. I didn't read one. Do you understand then why it's so important for those who are healthy to be praying for those who are unhealthy? You can go someplace they can't. 
It's a distraction for them, but it's the greatest. That's why God says for you to lift them up and encourage them and, and to step in the feet for them and pray for them when they can't. Are you distracted? Now I want to share with a verse for you. Why it's so important to not be distracted. If you have your Bibles, turn to Hebrews chapter 9. We're going to look at Hebrews chapter 9, verses 27 and 28. Hebrews chapter 9, verses 27 and 28. It says this, And just as it is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes judgment, so Christ, having been offered once to bear sins of many, will appear a second time not to deal with sin, but to save those whom he eagerly, who are eagerly waiting for him. Now, I want you to catch something here. There's a key word called appointed. Did you catch that? Just as it is appointed to man to die once. Catch this. Who has appointed? God has appointed. Just as it is appointed for once, for man to die, odds are, everyone in this room would die. There's, there's only one exception to that, and that's if you're here, if the rapture comes, all right? Now, we would like to think the rapture is around the corner, but they thought that 2,000 years ago. And it's still been 2,000 years. What is, is the Lord waiting? Yes, he's waiting. What's he waiting for? He's waiting with patience for the number of those to come in that he's chosen. And so, the odds are, you're going to die. A physical death here. But notice what it says. It's appointed for man to die, and after that comes judgment. Why is it so important for us to not to be distracted? Because listen, my judgment was settled on the cross. I will not be judged according to sin. But for those who have rejected Jesus and meet him, it's a whole other story. Because it's then judgment. You know this whole thing, it started this whole crazy writing. <clears throat> George Floyd. Here's the thing I'm not hearing. Where is George today? It doesn't really matter everything that goes on in this life except you come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ because then your sins are forgiven and you meet the Lord and you're entered into a place, a heavenly place, not a place of punishment. But listen, for the world who doesn't know Him, they're going to die and they're going to meet and they're going to be judged and they're going to be found guilty. I did a little research on George's life. There's not much in there that looks heavenly. The greater problem isn't that how he died. The greatest problem is he died not knowing Jesus as Savior. He's just stepped in to eternity in one of two places that'll never change. Why is it important for us to not be distracted? Because you are His hands and you are His feet and you are the evidence of His grace that you share with others. <laughs> Romans has made it clear in 5.12 
Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, so death spread to all men because all sin, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is Jesus Christ. Is the salvation is in Jesus Christ. Church, if we're not careful, we're going to be distracted from the greatest mission that we've ever been given to share Jesus. And, and sometimes, by the way, that's not verbally. That's physically showing it in your care and concern for people who aren't like you yet. Who aren't, who aren't born again yet. Who can't even reflect to what you know. And what you're hopefully waiting for. Are you distracted? Did you come this morning with all of your heart just yearning to praise Him in song and prayer and, and to hear His Word proclaimed? Martha was distracted by service. David was distracted by not being in the right place at the right time. What's distracting you? What have you talked about this week the most of? When you've talked about the Lord this week, what has the conversation been about? I didn't read a verse to you. I want to go back and see if I can find it here. That's what happens when you get distracted. Oh. I want you to just listen to this. In Psalms 139.16 It says, your eyes saw my unformed substance. Did you catch that? God's eyes saw your unformed substance. So before you were born, in your, in your book were written every one of them. Talking about every one of the days in my life. The days that were formed for, for me when it was yet, there was none of them. And what Psalms is saying is from your birth to your death, God has orchestrated your life. He's in control. And that's why it's important for us sometimes to try to get a heavenly lens on things that are happening in the world around us. Because if we look at it from a worldly view, we get distracted. And we miss the understanding of, okay, I can give God thanks. Can I give God thanks for COVID-19? I can give God thanks for that because he's in control of that. I can give him thanks for that because I'm not sick. I haven't died from that. Does that mean I'm not going to get sick? No. Does it mean I'm not going to die? I already told you I'm going to die. But I don't fear it, and it's not covering in my life because I'm basing my life that I'm not distracted because I am focused on what God is doing. He's involved with all things, right? He says, all things work together for those who love me. If not all people in this church... Most people in this church love him. And you've got to come back to Scripture and go, in this crazy world we live, and by the way, it is no crazier now than it was 2,000 years ago. And 2,000 years ago, the Romans were in control, and Jesus told his church to submit to them. Just as he's told us today to submit to our government. I'm sorry, but both men who have been killed as caused these riots 
if they had submitted to the authorities that were over them, would be alive today. And we would have these riots, but not for that reason. Because listen, Satan is in control of the air. But God is in control of the universe. He's been given a little bit of authority, given a little bit of freedom. He's like the one on the side of the pool that's pushed, that's grabbing everybody he can as he's going in. He's taking as many with him as he can. Listen, he can't touch you. You belong to God. You belong to your Heavenly Father who's chosen you, has graciously given you everything. And that's why I'm saying in all things, you can be thankful. And listen, sometimes it's hard. You ever get those things where things just they happen, they happen, they happen, they happen, and just, you're just like bummed out. What God is trying to help you to see is, come to me, all of you who are laden and heavenly laden, and I will give you rest, and I will give you peace. Not a peace like the world gives you. Not a peace that fixing the things in the world gives you, but a peace that comes from God. Jesus said you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. The freedom is Jesus Christ. Church, you're not home yet. Most of you are going to go home to a home that's really not your home. Do you ever think about that? Do you really own your home? If you owned your home, why are you paying taxes? You pay taxes on your home. I bought this for me. I really all of a sudden starting to understand, I think I might want to go back to renting. I, didn't, I don't own anything when I own something. Time doesn't allow. But I really wanted to take you to the illustration with Peter. In, first P, or in John 21, 9, uh, 15 through 19, Jesus speaking, he said, when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon, Peter, Simon, uh, son of John, do you love me more than these? And remember, this is after Jesus was crucified and risen, and, and John, uh, he, he was told to go and wait, right? Told to go and wait, and Jesus would come and see him, and he went and he waited, and he waited and waited, and Jesus didn't come, and what did Peter do? He went back to fishing. He went back to what he knew. And so Jesus is asking him, do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than your work? He says, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, he says, feed my lambs. And he said to him a second time, son of, uh, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Wouldn't it be embarrassing to meet Jesus Christ and him just ask you three times in a row, do you love me? You, you go, you know, after, you, you have kids. Do you tell your kids something and they just act like they didn't hear you and you go, didn't you hear me? That's what Simon is thinking with Jesus. Jesus, I told you I love you. Didn't you hear me? Peter was grieved because he said to him a third time, do you love me? He said to him, Lord, you know everything. By the way, he knows everything. There's nothing I can hide. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young and you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted, but when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you to where you don't want to go. Listen, 19. This he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. He just tells Peter how he's going to die. Why? Because he's in control of death and the circumstances that are around death. You may die in a car accident. You may die from COVID-19. You may die from a bullet of somebody robbing your house or just driving by. You are going to die. And Jesus closes out and he says this. Follow me. Isn't it amazing? Christ tells Peter how he's going to die. He's basically telling him he's going to die by being crucified. Listen, I don't want to know 
how I'm going to die. But you, did you notice Peter's response? Peter looked at Jesus and says, what about him? Remember, he was pointing back to John. What about him? You've just been told how you're going to die, and you're going to go, what about her? No. Don't let the lesser things in life rob you of the greatest thing in life. Your father. His son. The spirit. His word that he gave you. From beginning to end, it's the word of God. If God has anything to say to you, He'll speak to you right here. This is how He's speaking. The question is, is are you listening? Because if you're not in it, you can't listen. Remember I told you last week, which dog are you feeding? I'm asking you today, what dog are you feeding? What's distracted you? Or is the old world, your old life, this world, this life is going to pass away? Is it distracting you from the thing that is greater? There's nothing like being in the presence of God. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like his people coming together and just worshiping him in songs. By the way, I'd like to see that happen. I'd like to see us come someday and just worship him in songs. You don't need a preaching, just worship him in songs. Worship him from your heart. Worship him for being here. Worship him because he's the greatest thing. Are you distracted? Ask yourself, which nature am I feeding? Take the step towards the greater. Am I, is my old nature winning? Let's come back to our new nature. Is my old nature distracting me to where I'm miserable? I'm mad, I'm grumpy. I can't sleep. I'm in depression. It's, it's hurting me physically. Come back to your first love. Come back to him. Listen, he didn't go nowhere. He's living right inside of you. He says, come. Right now, we're going to close the service. You're going to sing us a song. We're going to close the service. And this is a time for you to worship. Only you know what's distracting you this week. Ask God to help you with it. Ask God to take it away. Ask God to just give you the strength to move on. Ask God to help you to love those who are unlovable. Because he's so worthy. Listen, we're not home yet. This isn't home, by the way. This, we're, we're like sojourners on a journey. We're just passing through. But for many of us, we've kind of hung out in Springfield for 50, 60 years, or however long it may be. 20, 30, 10, 5. But we're not home yet. Next week, I'm going to give you a little highlight in the next week. Next week, we're going to look at this Jesus that's coming back. Because that's the main reason you get focused on your distractions today. Because you just see here, it's appointed for man to die once. To die once and then judgment. There's a whole bunch of people today who are going to die, going to meet Jesus, and they're not ready. But now listen, there's a day he's coming back here. And I'm not talking to the earth yet. I'm talking when that trumpet blows and he calls those who love him to meet him in the air. Jesus is coming back. You can get distracted in this world today and even forget that. That should be one of the greatest urges inside the believer to know that Jesus is coming back for me. Not because I'm worthy. He's coming back because 
I chose the greater thing. And listen, I couldn't even have done that if God hadn't chosen me first. And so we're going to just worship Him. Right now, as Patty plays and the invitation is given, the invitation is for you. You, His people. You, His chosen. To worship Him. 1 John 1, 9 says, if, if you have any sin, confess it. And He will be just to forgive you of all sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And if it, if it is sin in your life, all He's asking you to do is confess it because He's already paid for the sin on the cross, right? But because we are believers, we're able to fall into sin. And He's just telling you, confess it. Move on. Take that step to the greater thing. Don't live distracted. Live with great anticipation. Next week, Jesus is coming back, and we're going to look at that. We're going to look at his word. What does he say? What's going to happen? Beautiful, beautiful story. Beautiful, beautiful thing for us today to be hinging our lives on. But the reality is, he hasn't come back yet. The great news is, he's come back, and he's living in many of your hearts today. Because you've accepted him as Lord and Savior. And now he's asking you to follow him. What is distracting you from following him? Let's pray. Father, we pause today to exalt you as Lord and Savior and to thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy. And Lord, we are a generation even as the old generation, as the Marthas and the Davids, we can so easily become distracted from the greater for something that's much, much less. And in most cases in this world, it's going to be burned up. Lord, we ask you to forgive us. And we seek you to find you. Sometimes we can be like Adam in the garden where we hide. And, and as you asked Adam, not because you didn't know where Adam was, but you asked Adam, where were you? That question was for Adam, not for you. Lord, today, you may be asking that question to some of us. Where are you? And it's not that God doesn't know. He, he's asking you to ask. Church, what a great father we have. He's already chosen you. Sent his son to pay your sin debt. He calls you to follow him. What's distracting you? Lord, cleanse our hearts as we give it to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.